Welcome to the Forest FM podcast, episode 159. I'm Killian Vina. And I'm Zoe Belil Springer. This week on the show, we're joined by Irish Hairdressers Federation committee members Danielle Kennedy and Lisa Eccles, as well as president of the hair and beauty charity in the UK, Samantha Grocut. We'll be discussing what each organization stands for and how they're supporting the industry during these challenging times. With this whole crisis that we faced with COVID-19, it's proven more than ever how important it is to have a network of support in the hairdressing industry. Nobody saw this coming. And, you know, charities are suffering. As a charity, normally we get around about 15 requests a month. We've actually had nearly 30 in two days. I have never seen the requests for help coming in as fast as they are right now. So this is this is why it's really important that we get the charity to be um, remembered and helped. So this episode is kind of like a, a two-part. We've done a two-part before where we chatted to HairAid and Michaela from Salon 718. But for this one, we wanted to bring it a little bit closer to home. At the moment, we're going through the COVID-19 pandemic. There's no escape and no denying it. But there is an Irish Federation and there's a British charity that we as a company work very, very closely with. And we decided, you know what, for this episode, we're actually going to bring them both on the show to see how they're working with salons and their employees. But also, as you'll see in the second interview, people who no longer work in the industry, but still need that support. So for the first interview, we sat down with Lisa Eccles and Danielle Kennedy of the IHF based here in Ireland to see what exactly they're doing to support salon owners during their temporary business closures. Danielle Kennedy stumbled into a hair salon manager's position at the tail end of the recession in 2011. Since then, she and her chartered accountant husband have grown the collective by Lloyds into three salons and a team of 60. In 2017, she joined the Irish Hairdressers Federation Executive Committee, and this month is taking over as president, along with her VP, Lisa Eccles, who we also have on the show joining us today. Um, And Lisa is the owner of Zinc Hair and Beauty in Dublin, which she opened in 2009. She's been in the industry for over 18 years, and she's grown her salon from a team of three to 17 staff. Her passion for the industry is what got her involved in the Irish Hairdressers Federation, and now she's joining Danielle uh, for some exciting plans for the future of the IHF. So without further ado, Lisa, Danielle, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Uh, I hope you're both keeping safe and healthy. How are you both coping in isolation now? Good, keeping busy. We're very, very busy actually. <laughs> we've had the busiest week of our lives really, but we've just been stuck indoors. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, both your salons have been closed. Yeah, this is our second full week closed. Yeah, same as we closed up on the 16th of March. So little over, little over full week into our second week now we're closed. So it's, it's a bit weird, but it's, I've been really busy. I haven't actually had a chance to even digest the fact that the salon's been closed for over a week yet. Yeah. (laughs) Have you still been able to keep the business running per se, even though the actual shop front is closed? Um, like we would have an online store tipping away doing a little bit in that little bit of vouchers and stuff but like essentially the business is shut down and there is no one working only myself yeah pretty much the same for me yeah 
Like I closed up on the 16th and went in, like obviously we took Paddy's day off, even though none of us had any parades to go to or anything. But we, I went in and just kind of made sure that all the girls were set up for like their social welfare stuff that they knew how to apply. Because a lot of my team had never applied for anything like that before ever. Mm. And yeah, the salon as such is closed. But again, like Danielle, we have an online store. We also sell gift vouchers. So a lot of our clients have actually been really kind and have bought gift vouchers to try and help us out um I did a little thing as well where I'm trying to raise a bit of money to give us some cash flow but also give back to all the healthcare workers so we've kind of been doing that as well so I've actually been pretty busy so I I can see that slowing down though over the next kind of couple of weeks I'd say we'll probably only be doing one or two orders a day if even and what is it that you're actually doing? Because we had a post shared internally, if you want to share for our listeners, it was a really good idea. Yeah, so just because I was trying to think of ways that I could generate a little bit of cash flow for the business right now, but that wasn't asking people to give out a whole lot of money or come in and buy like very big value vouchers. So I just... um ask clients and Instagram people if they would like to donate 10 euro towards a healthcare workers fund. Um, So we're really close to St. James's Hospital and a lot of our clients um, come from there to get their hair done. So we aim to raise a thousand euro. I said I would match that and have a pot then of 2000 euro that we were going to split up into um, 40, 50 euro vouchers. So we've got 40 people that will be able to give a 50 euro voucher to at the end of all this. But we've actually, so far, we've passed that out. We've actually um, taken in, at this point now, we've nearly taken in two and a half thousand. So that's amazing, do you know? Wow. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. That's such a good idea as well. You were saying um, just before we, we started recording, we were talking about this a little bit, but you were saying that a lot of people are actually uh, reaching out to see if they could steal your idea as well. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. Like a couple of other salon owners. Like uh, I think Ireland, we're very, um, we're, we're small like as a country, but we'd be very close, I think, um, with salon owners. Like a lot of us are friends and we very often reach out to each other and that would be a big part of like what the IHF is all about as well as kind of like connecting people um so yeah a couple of other salon owners had said oh god that's a really good idea I think I might w- would you mind if I did that as well and I was like go for it like you know there's going to be hospitals or GPs or nurses all over the country that you can do it first so it's certainly not an idea that's exclusive to me like anyone can rob it <laughs> I haven't trademarked it around <laughs> <laughs> and what about yourself Danielle Is, are you seeing anything in particular happening in your area your community um, well, we're doing a little bit of work online and then uh, before we closed, we started doing an initiative for all of our clients that work in Waterford University Hospital and Wexford General Hospital, because that's where our salons are, um, where they could claim 25 and 30 euro vouchers if they'd been in the salon this year. Um, so all they had to do was drop us an email with like something to show that they worked in the hospital um, and they just got free voucher from us then. Obviously, they're not going to be able to use it now until we reopen, but it's just a little bit of goodwill, trying to generate a little bit of goodwill around the place. 
It's also good to see kind of some bookings coming in eventually so that even though now you're closed, it's kind of looking towards that future of seeing, all right, we have possible bookings already queued up. So it builds that like excitement to open amongst other. Yeah. So have you been finding any more like I know kind of it's a bit of a negative time. A lot of people are a bit down about their businesses closing. Is there anything that you're finding you're able to catch up on a bit more or start planning for the future? Have you been able to utilize this time at all? Um, not yet, but we, we will be. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Obviously, the first, like last week and this week, um, because myself and Lisa are effectively running the IHF at this point, like we're absolutely chocka because every member is coming to you. They want support. You need to make sure you're going to government, getting the right support for the industry, lobbying for the right support for the industry and that. Um, but, you know, when all that is finished, we'll get a bit of time off. It'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say the same. I think, like, I haven't really... Like, my main focus has been, like, my team, I suppose, the past week rather than the actual business. I did what I had to do to make sure that, you know, like I contacted my landlord, got in touch with the bank, spoke to revenue, all that kind of stuff that I needed to like just check on for the, the making sure the business would be okay. But I've just left that to one side, make sure my team are okay. You know, some of them were really like, really quite worried like about their finances Um you know, some of them would suffer like with mental health. So you just want to make sure that your team are okay. And I think this week actually has turned a bit of a positive for them. We had a bit of a change here where the amount of money that they're going to be paid has gone up quite a bit. So that gave them a little bit of a, I suppose, a bit of a, a, bla- a, a boost, a bit of a boost. And, um, then a lot of the colour companies as well have been really good at like promoting their online um, education and a lot of them are doing a free of charge. So my team are kind of loving that. They're kind of really going to use this time to try and upskill. So that's going to be a positive for when we do get back open again. Um, but yeah, and then I think like the business stuff, I'm probably over the next week or so going to have a real, like really dig down into it, I suppose, and use this time to think about what is it that I might want to change when we do reopen. I I personally think it's really important though like to use this time like to just be and relax and chill a little bit as well because it's going to be probably the only time in our lives that everything just stops I'm very passionate about this (laughs) but it is uh, it's going to be probably the only time ever that the practically the whole world is going to just stop so like we need to make sure we're stopping with it a little bit and getting better at chilling out and you know like I'm trying to make sure I'm not focused on filling my days with stuff. Yeah in saying that you're both part of the IHF which is really solicited at the moment with the crisis so for people who don't necessarily know about the IHF and now we do have quite a few listeners based out of the US, Australia, the UK, further abroad, um, what is it and how did you both get involved in it? Well, the IHF, it's the Irish Hairdressers Federation. It's the representative body for salon owners in Ireland. Um, Now, obviously, everything we do is all for the good of the industry as a whole. But as for representation and who our members are, our members are the salon owners. Um, I'm involved in it four years. And Lisa is two two years, Lisa. And two years in May. Two, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and I'm the incoming president and Lisa is the incoming vice president. So how did you both get involved in the IHF? Because they're pretty serious positions to be in uh, within two years. 
Um, I had a friend, Denise, she owns a salon called Rostique. She was actually on the committee and we just met at an event and she was like, oh, you should get involved. And then when I joined, then I wrangled Lisa. In yeah, <laughs> we, we were in a group chat. You see, we kind of have a couple of other salon owners who we're friends with. And we had a group chat and like that, the two girls had kind of, we knew that they were involved with the um, IHF. I've kind of been, I suppose, involved on a salon owner level with the IHF for about 10 years, like, you know, would have been a member, would have done, you know, entered competitions. Um, some of my team have done like the the masters, the teaching masters and kind of you need to be a member to be part of that. And then when the girls had said about getting involved, I was like, oh, yeah, like I'll maybe pop along to like a committee meeting and see what the story is with us, you know, see whether or not I'm interested. And um, I arrived at a meeting, got sworn in immediately. I was like, what is even happening here? And then when I said to Danielle afterwards, she was like, yeah, you're in. That's it. Like, you know, there's no walking away now. <laughs> but no, I've really, I've actually really enjoyed my time because I think like it's, it's a huge asset to you as a salon owner because it can be a very lonely place at times. Um, Danielle is very lucky to co-own her salon with her husband um, and they can like bounce ideas off each other. And I'm very lucky to have lots of good salon owner friends, but not everybody is in that position. And I find if they get involved with the IHF, we host a lot of networking events you know, they're just, it becomes part, you become part of that community of people that you can reach out to. And I think mm -hmm. with this whole crisis that we faced with COVID-19 over the past kind of like two weeks or so, it's proven more than ever how important it is to have a network of support in the hairdressing industry. Well, that's actually how I met. Well, I didn't meet you, Danielle, but you were up on stage, but that's how I met you, Lisa, at your Business Hub event there in February. And yes. I have to say it was really interesting because you were covering topics like finances and HR. And I suppose most people would nearly roll their eyes when that topic comes yeah. up, but were really interesting. And one of the speakers he had was Joe Bulger, who we've actually had on the show as well. So that's the, the quality of- Joe was so good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was good. Yeah, he was very good. So it's like the quality of speakers you had, it was like you were engaged for the day. So what other events like the Business Hub can you expect from the IHF? Um, so we do education days, which would be um, obviously now I don't really know why, well, what way it's going to work for the rest of this year. It depends on what happens with all this kind of virus drama over the coming months. But um, normally we do about one a month or one every six weeks where someone maybe like Katrina Kelly or Georgia Bell would give up a day and we would sell tickets for like as little as 30 quid a place to our members. Um, other events that we host. So we've obviously had our business hub, which is an annual event. Um, really great, like to bring people together. We kind of the night before as well, which I know Killian, you guys weren't able to make, but we did have um what we call our little power hour. So we kind of invite everybody to come if they want to stay in the hotel overnight the night before. Um, and we have a little networking dinner and a few drinks, and it's a bit more informal. But again, a really nice way to kind of like get to meet other salon owners. And um, we have our education diary. Then we also have um, a really cool thing that was started a few years ago by our outgoing president, David Campbell, a thing called Star Team. And Star Team is um, 
for trainees and apprentices in the industry to get involved with. So what we do each year is we pick four people out of, we usually have about, or I don't know, up to 60 people that will come and get involved and try and compete. So they go through like interview stages, they do some hairdressing, um, they're interviewed by panels at all, all the different stages going through. And then we pick four to become the star team for the next year. So kind of people that we see as like future stars in the hairdressing industry. And um, that's really like I had one of my girls was actually on the team for 2018. And it was just, it followed on, she got a year of education and that was just unbelievable where like the star team are brought off. They have some of the best educators in Ireland and the UK um, doing one-on-one with them. There's just the four of them. And then they also get to go and do Salon International as well. And all that is funded by the IHF. So it's really cool. Like star team would be something that I'd be a big, big fan of that we do. So, like, obviously, um, of course, all the the events have been postponed or cancelled until um, we don't really know when, right? Um, what, I suppose, my question is like twofold. What would be your normal, um, I suppose, mission statement for the IHF? And what does it look like now, given the fact that we're all kind of stuck at home? And how, how are you supporting your members through this time? Um, yeah, if you could just maybe give us some some insights into that. Yeah, well, I suppose the events are only a very small part of what we do, but it's just they're very, they're very tangible for people to see. Like 90% of the work we do is liaison with government, letters to government, hustling, <laughs> lobbying, you know, trying to trying to get everything that's right for the industry, that's needed for the industry. Uh, but unfortunately, that stuff isn't very... Um, Sexy. The unsexy stuff, the un, it's just <laughs> like, it's sitting away, getting letters written and stuff. Hairdressers certainly don't go, oh, you wrote a letter to government. Oh, that's so exciting. <laughs> But like that's that's the main thing we do and that is the most important thing we do. Um like say for myself and Lisa, this last week, all last week was spent letters to government, letters to ministers, letters to the HSE, getting into all the right people, um, to make sure that when the tea shop made his announcement the other day that hairdressers and hair salons were on it. And I don't know if you heard it, but they were mentioned quite a few times on every news report. It was hair salons, hairdressers, hair salons, hairdressers mentioned every single time. So um, as unsexy as all that seems, that was like a huge win that the industry was put on the radar because the more the more the industry is on the radar now when they were making businesses close, the more it is going to be on the radar when everything is opening back up again. Um, and that's really, really important. So um, it's that's kind of the more important stuff we do. It's, you know, doing stuff for the good of the industry and the better of the industry in Ireland. Um, and it is a voluntary committee as well. We just have one part-time paid office admin and the rest of us all to give up our time for free. Like one of the big things that we've worked on over the last two years, so the IHF have been involved with that because we've not had a nationally recognised apprenticeship here in Ireland. Um, it still definitely needs a bit of work. It's being rolled out at the moment. Um, like anything, when it starts off, there's always going to be a bit of 
you know, work that needs to be done on it. But the IHF have been heavily involved with that and attended like so many meetings up and down the country um, for the past two years to kind of get that finally recognised. So it's it's great to kind of see our industry being recognised. Um, most recently, you have a petition going around online about getting financial support from the government. Can you ex- um, expand a bit more on that? Yeah, well, the IHF support petition, we were part of it. Um, it's it's just basically that it was looking for the VAT to be uh, reduced back down again. It's looking for PRSI breaks. It's looking for funding for the industry uh, for when businesses open back up again. Um, but yeah, we support that fully. Um, that was actually the Irish Spa Association were involved in it. The Irish um, who was, uh, Hair Council were involved um havoc the hair and beauty so so everyone got together because obviously the strength in numbers yeah it's really good to see how many industry bodies are coming together and even just local businesses coming together like i've i haven't seen this much community engagement in so long that's definitely the positive yeah it's great isn't it it's incredible from like apartment blocks bingo to uh Italians singing out their balconies right down to the industry petition going on here. Like Zoe said, the community has just instantly become one. So you guys are doing like you're doing a whole lot for, I suppose, being the voice of the industry, like liaison between the government and stuff like that. Obviously, strength in numbers. How does a salon get involved and is it limited to salon owners only or can anyone that works in the salon be involved in the IHF? Um, so our members are the salon owners and then everyone who works in that salon then is considered a member. Um, we don't have different membership levels. It's just one membership level, but it's something we're going to look at when myself and Lisa come in over the coming months. But as for the representation side, it, it will always be the salon owner because we don't feel like you can represent the industry as a whole, but you can't represent the people salon employees you know your stylists and your trainees and the salon owner in the same way you know like say at the minute obviously with the COVID-19 stuff if we if our members were both this employees in the salon and the salon owner we would have to it would be very difficult to answer people's questions because you might be getting one question from someone working in a salon and then you might be getting another question from the owner of the salon and it's quite hard to you know not to be one-sided in an answer it's kind of a tricky one but yeah, yeah. look we we do we we just represent salon owners but that's understanding who your membership is it's like you're a, you're a voice to a particular person yeah. So for a salon owner to become a member, is it as simple as just going onto the website and signing up? How does it work exactly? Yeah, so pretty much we have just the one membership that you can sign up for. So you can go onto our website and sign up there. And like people like get involved at all in all different levels. So, you know, you can sign up for the membership, but that doesn't mean that you have to do every element of what we do in the IHF. So some people will sign up and they'll get involved in everything. They'll come to all the events, they'll get involved in the championships, they'll come to all the networking events, um, they'll even come to, you know, any like AGMs that we have. And then there's other people who might just call the office once or twice a year with any queries that they have and um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the funny thing about the IHF is that it's we're there for you as much as you want us to be. But I remember years ago, somebody had said to me that the thing about the IHF is that you don't really need them until you need them. So, you know, oftentimes we've actually like helped people with any queries that they might have in regards like employment law. Sometimes we're just that little bit of support if they're having a bit of a rough time with like their landlord or, you know, bills or just kind of even the business. And we can usually point them in the right direction because we've built up quite a network of people, you know, and every everyone that's on the committee, whatever it is that a salon owner has experienced at some point or other, one of us has experienced it as well. So you're kind of tapping into that kind of network of people as well that can help you. So yeah, I mean, I think I think definitely with the whole COVID-19 thing, we've seen like a huge spike in the amount of inquiries that we've had. And I think definitely a lot of people have noticed having us there as a support has been just invaluable to them through this time. That's probably like one of the best reasons you could have said to join, because like even when we were at the Business Hope there in February, COVID-19 was just like kind of a, a blimp over in Asia, like it hadn't affected us. Yeah. And then look at this a few weeks later, we're here talking about it on the show and you're saying the IHF has never been busier. So it is a classic case of like sign up now to preempt the stuff to prepare your business before it happens. So Danielle and Lisa, thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Just before we let you go, um, you've already covered how to become a member. We're going to add links into our show notes. But is there any handles or social media accounts that you have that people can follow you and start getting involved in? Yeah, on our Facebook page, it's Irish Hairdressers Federation. Our website is Irish Hair Fed and our Instagram page is Irish Hair Fed as well. Well, thanks so much again for joining us on the show and we wish you the best of luck with your salons during this time as well. Oh, thanks so much for having us on. It's been brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. So as we mentioned at the very start of this episode, we are doing a two-part, essentially looking at well, an initiative, because I'm sure there are many, many more in Ireland, and another initiative uh, currently in the UK, which is, like Killian said, close to home. Um, and for this second interview, we're going to be chatting with the Hair and Beauty Charity, which is uh, just rebranded in the past couple of months. And what they do essentially is really help individuals uh, and their families facing difficult times. And this is their mission statement. If anything, they're actually trying to help even more people during this crisis. So to understand exactly how this is working out and the relief fund that they've put together, we're sitting down with Samantha Grocut, uh, the president of the Hair and Beauty Charity. So Samantha Grocut is currently the managing director of her very own London-based boutique hair, beauty and lifestyle agency, Essence PR. She's over 25 years experience in the world of PR and she's very active within the industry. Just to note, some previous voluntary positions she's had include working in the Princess Trust Health and Beauty Committee, Women in PR, the Fragrance Foundation and the Hair and Barber Council Think Tank. Samantha, welcome to the show and thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much. Samantha, I suppose you're the president of the Hair and Beauty Charity and we were actually laughing about this just before the recording. Your second name is Growcut, so you, you've essentially had no choice in falling into this industry as your line of work. <laughs> you and your family, actually, isn't that right? 
Yeah, that's that's true. I um, you know, my 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 sister's a hairdresser, my brother is a barber, and I'm a hair PR. So um, our name basically was um, a bit like a baker becomes a baker. Um, we were meant to be in the hair world. <laughs> and now you were just saying, actually, your brother is teaching his daughter to cut hair already in the quarantine. Yes. His five-year-old yes, yes, daughter. Yes, I was going to say, she's seven oh, years seven, old. seven, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, five, seven, yes. Yeah. And um, yeah, he just, he just sent a photograph of her with her first pair of scissors and her dummy head, and he's showing her how to cut a long layer. There we go. A lot of trust in them, <laughs> I'd imagine. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, definitely a dummy head, not his wife. <laughs> <laughs> so look, anyway, the first thing is first. Um, we already mentioned your present of the Hair and Beauty Charity. But can you share with us what exactly the Hair and Beauty Charity does? Like, what is the mission statement of it? Yeah, the um, the charity actually was established in 1853, believe it or not. We're actually one of the oldest um, charities in the UK. Um, uh, we've got a very basic um, mission, um, which is to help hair and beauty specialists who need financial help. Um, we usually help around about 100 adults and children with regular payments each month um, on that side. We've, we've recently had a rebrand as well. So um, the hair and beauty charity is quite a new name for us. Um, more recently, we were known is the hairdressers charity um, prior to that the hair and beauty benevolent but actually when it was established in 1853 we were called the hairdressing orphans fund so we've had a huge sort of um, relationship with the industry and we very much look after sort of the professional sector and you've just recently had your hair and beauty charity ball actually just yes. about a month ago am i right Yes, that's true. We were, it was just before the COVID-19 came into play, um, which, to be honest, we're very fortunate with because we managed to raise nearly sort of £10,000 on the night um, all in, So, um, which is very much needed at this time because, as you can imagine, a lot of the fundraising we've had planned for the next few months has been postponed or cancelled completely. So we were very fortunate that we were able to get um, nearly 200 people from both the hair and beauty industry in a room Room just a few weeks before it all kicked off. So what would be the kind of normal goal in, say, normal times, COVID-19 apart, and how are you adapting? Well, we would have been um, we would have been at the um, professional beauty show this this month, um, or actually just was last weekend. Um, would have been able to sort of do some fundraising and brand awareness. So we do throughout the year we're doing a mixture of brand awareness because we're, we're although we're a, a, a charity that's been around for a long time, we're actually still relatively unknown within the industry. So what one of the big things that we're doing is working a lot with the sort of the exhi exhibitors, um, you know, sort of the Salon International, um, Hair UK, professional beauty those are the sort of shows that you'll see the charity at and we can do fundraising as well as brand awareness but obviously pro beauty was postponed that's now happening later on in the year hair and beauty uk was also postponed so some big sort of events that we were going to be sort of brand awareness but also having opportunities to sort of raise money have been sort of pulled away from us as a charity things like our um, golfing day as well even we have a charity week where we're raising money um you know we get try to get people to sort of donate throughout the whole week all those things that are sort of were planned for sort of you know march april may june time have all had to stop so we've got a big lot of money that we need to find from somewhere um so that's basically you know where, where we are at the moment with the um with with the charity is that we've got to try and work out how we're going to get some more money in during this very difficult time 
Did you initially have, um, I suppose, a fundraising goal or a target set for 2020 uh, prior to coronavirus coming about? Yes, definitely. Definitely, we you know we have to help. As I say, we help about a hundred people um, every month um, or throughout the month that we're donating, giving them money, not donating, it's sort of giving money to, um, so they can survive. Um, so ideally, we we tr- we need to be raising at least one hundred and fifty thousand pounds a year um, to reach that. I I want to be raising more like one hundred and seventy five to two hundred thousand because if we can raise more money, it means that we can actually the people we're helping with monthly. Um, Um, monthly um, money, we can actually increase that so they can have more money from us. Also, we've got people who just want, say, one-off grants or one-off support. Again, we can give them more money that they're wanting. So, you know, by the 150, we're just basically just being able to give a very sort of base level amount uh, amount of money. But if we can give, raise more money, we can give more money out as well. So it's kind of a chicken and egg situation at the moment. Um, so we're probably, um, you know, looking at the moment a deficit um, in the, the last sort of few months of about £20,000, which is why we've created this relief fund. So we've created the Hair and Beauty Charity Relief Fund, where um, I'm hoping we can raise £20,000 in the next month or two with the help of, you know, obviously people like yourselves at Forest doing these interviews and and various things like that. So that's that's what we really need to be able to sort of help the increase, not only just the increase of people who are asking for help now but also the people that we help normally we need to be able to help them um, probably a bit more as well how does that actually work the i suppose distribution of funds you're saying like some some are one-off grants some are monthly payments say if i if i needed the support how long would i be on that yeah, it's, yeah, it's, you know, every case is different. You know, I've, I've been involved with a charity for about, probably about 14 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the, the amount of people that are asking for help and the type of help that we've been asking has really changed over those years. You know, we, we are already helping even prior to what's been happening with this, with the global crisis, we're already helping people who are going to food banks. You know, you can't believe that people in our hair and beauty industry are going to food banks. We all think that every Everybody is doing financially great. And it's through no fault of their own, you know, people are just falling on very hard times. As a charity, that's what we help. We help with financial um, areas. So it could be somebody who's maybe had breast cancer and has had to stop work. And obviously then you're not getting the, you know, you've got bills that still need to be paid. It could be that you've had a child um, who's got a disability and suddenly your working life has had to change or adapt from that. There's, you know, again, things like domestic violence, we're, we're seeing an increase of, you know, domestic violence side of things. It can be drug abuse, alcohol abuse. It's not, um, you know, it's it's not a glamorous charity by any means. We really are sort of helping people who have very much fallen on hard times and they just need some financial help. That's what they need is financial help. Um, and that's that's what makes us quite a unique charity is that's what we're looking to do is to help them sort of on that step forward. It can be, you know, we've had people that we're still help, helping for maybe 20 years. It could be that we're only helping them for six months. Um, you know, some of the great stories are when we're helping them, they will contact us a year later, say, do you know what? My, my life has changed now. I'm able to go back to work. I'm able to do this. So thank you so much. It was just a lifeline I needed for that short period of time, you know, and thank you so much. And then and then they go back to their you know new life. Other times it, they might be um, dying. They might have um, a terminal illness, which means over the next four, four to six years they will be 
you know, they won't be around. So we will be helping them through that time as well, because it might be that they have young children that will need to have financial gain. Because if maybe the main breadwinner has passed away, you know, the children need help. So we will also then help the children, not just the, the sort of the hair or beauty person within the industry as well. It's it's a really unique charity. So with that, because you're not just helping the individual a hand who's involved in the industry, you could actually be supporting someone's family for quite a few years after. Like, when does yeah. it, I suppose, is it more when the kids are growing up and kind of ready to start supporting themselves? Yes, very much so. We'll, we'll keep a child on as a beneficiary till they're 18. Um, and especially especially if they're at college as well, we'll continue to 16 to 18 on that side. You know, and it might be that the child might have been with us since they were two years old. And then we'll continue up from that side. So, um, you know, on that side. And again, it might be that the, um, you know, the, the husband or the wife needs some financial support as well. So we look at the family as a whole as well, not just the individual and what their situation is. We go quite in depth into people's lives. Um, you know, there is, you know, we've got a great team. It's a very small team in the in the head office there's only two people but both of them have got great charity experience um and they'll, they'll sort of help the person you know talk them through the form that they have to fill in because we do need to know things like you know bank accounts and uh, we need to know about their qualifications as well you know we, we need to make sure that they are they are generally from our hair and beauty industry and things like that as well but yeah it can it can be quite a long-term support that we're there for as well become like a lifeline really well, that's actually a perfect segue. Like you were just talking about a small bit of the, the requirements. What are the, I suppose, typical requirements and what are the requirements, I suppose, during yeah. this crisis? Yeah, I was going to say, we, to be honest, um, you know, I think like everybody, no, no one saw this coming. Nobody saw this coming. And, you know, charities are suffering, you know, not just from within our in our own industry. I know, you know, obviously I've, I've worked with charities in the past and, you know, and I think we're all hearing it on the news that obviously charities are struggling because, you know, we can't fundraise. We can't do our usual way of talking to people. Um, as a charity, we won't get any government grants or anything like that. We won't be able to get any help. So we are relying very much on the industry or the general public to sort of hopefully donate to this, the relief fund. We've just on our website, um, the Hair and Beauty Charity org website is a criteria document that you can go on and actually shows you a long list of of how we help and what we help with um and then you know it's very much you know you do have to have worked in the industry so we can't just you know accept anybody there needs to have been you know a length of time that you've worked in the industry but we're basically we have to prioritize this is we haven't really changed our criteria because of the covid um we still need to be quite um sort of focused on what it is it, what we've probably done is speed up the process normally we would meet once a month as a committee to discuss the beneficiaries the cases what support they need but because of the increase of of support and also the time that people need things you know we know it's quite a long process for the government support to be kicked in so people need help now so what we're doing um we've got a smaller um, committee together with the trustees and myself and we're doing video conference calls and we're actually meeting every um, once a week to go through the cases and discuss them um, and make sure that obviously we can help people and just speed everything up a little bit quicker 
Um, so we, we sort of basically prioritise people who are sort of ill or disabled, um, as I said, mentioned earning uh, terminal illnesses. Mental health also is a huge area. We've seen a massive increase in the mental health um, side of things. Homelessness as well. I'm hoping with what the government has put into place at the moment that the fact that, you know, some of the, our beneficiaries, you know, won't be made homeless during this time. Um, people who've got, you know, dependents as well, whether that's children or spouses, um, you know, some recently just this week, you know, a, um, a lady who's uh, works in a hair salon, her husband can't work. He's very, very ill, very poorly. So she's had to stop work. And obviously now she can't work, not just, you know, you know, she basically she's not allowed to work. So all those sort of, you know, the main breadwinner, if you're the main breadwinner, then we need to look at how we can help you as well. But what we don't do, um, you know, we have to have a list of what we don't do as well. Um, you know, people who have, um, you know, kind of savings or regular money coming in, which is over 500 pounds, it's, it doesn't sound a lot, but that for us is our, we have to have a cut off. Um, we also can't help with any debts as well. So if you're in debts or you've got any business costs, you know, bankruptcies or rent arrears, again, that that isn't an area we can help with. Um, you know, it's, it's very much about, you know, helping the individual and their their life more than anything. So you mentioned that you as a charity, you don't avail of have any governing grants. Would the people who can avail of your service can you help them get grants or are they gone past that point as well where the support they receive from you is all they can get? Yeah, well, often we, um, as a, a charity, we we are... We're almost on the radar of a lot of the sort of kind of government or local council offices. They uh, there's there's like a directory almost of um, charities. So you know you go into um, you'll say your local housing benefit or it might be a domestic abuse um, centre. Um, you go in there for help. They will ask out what is your background, what is your career, and there might be um, a charity if you're a builder, a charity if you're an actor, a charity if you're a PR, a charity if you're all these. Sort of charity so they will then basically work with you to find your charity so obviously we, we represent the hair and beauty professionals so you will get help from a council level from a local level to do that or you can come direct to us we have our application form on the website now so you can go in and can fill in the application form online so that's kind of how people will hear about us um, it's usually from that side we wouldn't um, we can't help with things like telling them what grants to get we can only help them with the money that we can give them um, on that side so um, but there are a lot of other places um, that you can get advice from them you know um, citizens advice bureau and places like that so we can we can sort of direct people that side yeah so the the one thing that you mentioned and I'd love for us to talk a bit more in detail is the the relief fund how does it work where like if if people listening to this episode are in a position to help out and donate how do they do that um yeah just yeah. more details around it. Yeah, I was going to say, well, we've, we've set up what we're aiming to raise, as I said, I was saying earlier, is £20,000. Obviously, more would be great. Um, but I realised, you know, that we are all in an industry at the moment which everyone is struggling. Mm -hmm. So I'm not necessarily looking for, you know, you know, people to be denoting lots of money. Even if we can get £1 from, you know, 20,000 people, we will hit our target. Or £1, you know, £5, something like that. It doesn't have to be a lot of money. So we've got to 
just giving page set up, um, you know, for the relief fund we, under the Hair and Beauty charity. What we're doing is I've um, reached out to all of the industry trade press. They're very kindly writing about it and putting it on their social media and they're putting it on their online um, blogs as well for us. We're also um, speaking to our sponsors. We've got great sponsors like yourselves. So thank you very much, Forrest, who are doing great things to get this sort of the message out there. Obviously, this podcast being one of them. Um, we've also got our committee. The committee is made up with um, sort of people from all walks of life on the from the industry, from the brands through to PRs, to the media um, and also salons. So, again, asking them to reach it out. But I think with something like this, it's as much about, you know, obviously, yes, we're an industry charity, but I think with the COVID crisis that's happening, we can go further afield. We can be maybe asking our friends and our customers, would they like to support the charity at this time? I have sent out uh, WhatsApps to all of my friends who have, you know, had some wonderful products on me over the years and um, some great opportunities, you know, with me working in sort of the hair and beauty sector and said to them, look, you know, you get a lot from me and you get a lot from this industry. So could you please give something back? So, you know, I, I have been going to my friends and I, you know, I will be saying to my hairdresser friends and my beautician friends, you know, speak to your customers as well. Maybe ask them, you know, would they like to donate, you know, five pounds or one pound to the charity or 10 pound, whatever they want to do. Um, and I think that's the key thing is just getting that word of mouth out there, um, you know, because, you know, 20,000 pounds sounds a lot. But if we can if we can get the general public behind this campaign, we will easily easily hit this um and that's that's the key thing here is obviously getting the general public to know about it as much as the industry do you have any media packs or um campaign handles or hashtags that we can help push out there and get get everyone talking about this online because we've already been talking about um encouraging salons to i suppose ask their clients to help support them while their business is closed but the inevitable is we don't know how long coronavirus is going to go on. So we should start looking towards this direction as well, because there are going to be more people looking to use this service by no choice of their own. So if we can try and get some funds going now. Yeah, I think um, from our side, obviously, you know, we, we've got the um, Hair and Beauty Charity Instagram account, um, Twitter and Facebook. So those are the key areas for us. Um, I'm afraid we haven't come up with a hashtag yet, but maybe that's something Forest team can make me help me do. Um, <laughs> because I think you're right, you know, a hashtag is kind of the way to go from that side. So that's prob probably another brainstorming <laughs> session is needed. Um, and I think, you know, from our social media is key. You know, if, if you can get people talking about it on social social um, and reposting and then you know and people are really good at reposting but what I really want them to do is donate and repost so that's that's kind of what I'm hoping for you know the reason why we're also doing the relief fund is as a charity normally we get around about 15 requests a month we've actually had nearly 30 in two days so this is the speed of what is happening in our industry and this is why we need to raise the money because we've never seen anything like this you know and as i said this charity has been going since 1853 i've been involved involved 14 years i have never seen the requests for help coming in as fast as they are right now so this is this is why it's really important that we get the charity to be um, remembered and helped 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to have the link in the show notes for sure. So as Samantha has already said, just one pound or wherever in the world you are, one pound, euro or dollar is going to make a massive difference. Like, I think if there's one thing that the coronavirus has taught us is how quick and how well communities now come together. Like, look how much countries and nations have joined together with the whole lockdown, supporting each other. Can we make this one more thing to push out there? Yeah, that would be amazing. And I think you're right. I think, you know, I've seen, you know, just through, through friends in the industry and looking at social media, how quickly we've all come together. You know, some of my friends are doing some great campaigns and we were talking about hashtags. You know, there's the, you know, um, hashtag um, back your barber and the hashtag support your salon. All these little fun things um, are just trying to, you know, respect and support our industry. We need to think of something, a hashtag for the beauty. I think I think actually Sharmadine Reed has come up with one actually as well on the beauty side. So all these little hashtags just to keep our community front of mind is the way to go. Beyond beauty, I suppose. We were talking about it earlier where we're all sitting here without our faces and hairs on. So, (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Well, I was going to say, I do think, you know, when this, you know, when this is finished, there's going to be a huge run to the hair salons, the barber salons and the beauty salons. We are not going to be not going into those. So, um, yeah. Let's let's help them now whilst we need it, whilst they need it. Absolutely. Well, Samantha, thank you so much for joining us on the show. And I really do hope that this episode is just one more channel that helps to really push that campaign and get everyone together to generate some much, much needed funds. Thank you so much for your time, Samantha. It was a pleasure to have you on today. Thank you. It was really enjoyable. Nice to meet you both. Hey, guys, Zoe and Killian here. There's a lot going on in the world right now and things are changing fast. This is a short reminder for you to stay safe and on top of all the latest and factual news. Your starting point should be your governing health services website. To help you navigate this crisis, Forest Salon Software has also a variety of business resources available. Check out our Help Juice page, the Forest Academy Learning Portal, the Coronavirus Best Practice page at forest.com forward slash C19, the Forest Blog and Podcast, and our multiple on-demand webinar recordings at forest.com forward slash resources. And one last thing. Don't Don't be scared, scared, be be prepared. prepared. So moving on to Inside Forest, we're going to kick it off with three Forest Academy courses we have available for you. We've only just recently released a brand new online gift cards course to help you generate cash flow during a pandemic. This course will take you through setting up your Forest online gift cards. With Forest, you can offer your clients online gift cards to help generate revenue while your business is temporarily closed. So what can you expect to get from this course? Well, it's a short course that shows you how to enable your online forest gift cards, brand your gift cards for a consistent online presence, market them through forest and monitor and report on your gift card sales. This course is a self-taught course, which typically takes around 20 minutes to complete in total. Then we also have two webinar recordings available. One of them comes from our forest education department, which is COVID-19, don't be scared, be prepared. In this webinar recording, we support your salon business during the COVID-19 outbreak by introducing you to great ways of communication, creative tasks to drive your revenue and future planning for salon visits afterwards. Topics we'll discuss during this recording are communication with clients, generating revenue while you're closed, managing your cost, 
your salon team's time and marketing resources from Forrest. As this is a webinar recording, the duration is about 41 minutes. The second webinar actually comes from the Forest Marketing Department. So Zoe, do you want to take this one over? Sure. And this one came from HR specialist Caroline McInery. She was discussing best HR game plans for Salon dealing with the current, uh, well, the ongoing coronavirus situation. And while Salons in the UK and Ireland have been closed already uh, due to government measures, this is not yet the case uh, everywhere in the world. In fact, uh, we do have some clients in the US and in Australia who aren't yet facing those government measures and closures. So um, this is a great resource uh, as she covers best practice for if your salon is open or if it is closed. Yeah, so if you want to access the Forest Academy, you can do so through your Forest system by going to Manager, Training and Forest Academy, or you can access it via any web browser by going to forest-education.litmus.com. And from there, just enter in the email address that you have associated with your staff profile on Forest and whatever password you've created. Otherwise, for any other queries in relation to Forest Academy, just email forestacademy at forest.com. So just before we sign off, we also have a new webinar recording that you can watch uh, on demand at forest.com forward slash resources. If you simply look for the title, How to Manage Your Salon Cashflow During COVID-19. And this one is presented by award-winning accountant Gloria Murray. Uh, the session is about an hour long and it goes through how to safely avoid paying HMRC and get available grants, getting cash into your business quickly and how to keep said cash in your business. And finally, you'll have heard it in the COVID-19 message that was played just ahead of the Inside Forest segment, but our coronavirus resource page and downloadable content portals get regular updates. So if you've previously filled out the form to access the downloads, um, you'll notice that there are no longer any zip files. It's an actual portal and it's constantly refreshed. And because of this, we're going to be sending a short and snappy email on Mondays to inform you of what new piece of content you can avail of. Uh, this email will also give you direct access to the download portal that is relevant to the country you're based in. And on that note, that's all we got for this week. So as always, if you want to share your thoughts on this episode or have any suggestions for the show in general, send us an email at forestfm at forest.com or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate and read every single one of them and your suggestions, especially during this crisis, help us provide you with the most impactful conversations. Otherwise, stay safe and we'll catch you next Monday. All the best. This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z. Great music makes great moments. Montreal's cutting-edge post-production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Forest FM, the Salon Owners podcast, is brought to you by Forest Salon Software. We help salon owners get their clients back in more often, spending more, and generating referrals. Let's grow.